You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oz Network. <laughs> As we're here to celebrate not only Halloween, but my childhood favorite television show. We're talking about Home Improvement, starring Tim Allen, uh, which ran from I think 1991 to 1999. This may be uh, up there with. Covering James Bond is uh, one of the greatest things I've ever gotten to talk about on the Oz Network. Uh, so we're in the middle of Halloween month, and I think when we did the Halloween episodes last year, this was the first thing I wanted to do. So I'm so excited. I'm going to be grunting and uh, ho, ho, ho. all the different Tim Allen grunts will have grunt-offs throughout this episode. It's going to be a blast. My name is Colin, and a lot of times men do things they don't want to do, so women they're going out with will do things they don't want to do. Uh, and I'm Rossi, and I started with a tail between my legs and living in a hole in a wall, but here I am winning a fake Emmy. <laughs> and between those two quotes, we are covering two episodes, because one home improvement isn't enough. Um, it's actually more because that was the format we introduced last year when we did this, uh, but much like last year when we covered two of the Parks and Recreation Halloween episodes, uh, we're going to do home improvement, and I think these are like... There's a lot of TV shows that'll do Halloween episodes, but I feel like especially Home Improvements, like that's one of the quintessential Halloween theme shows I always think about with both Halloween and Christmas. Like Home Improvement nails it. I don't know how big of a fan you are of Home Improvement. I've already said it probably two or three times so far. This was my childhood favorite show. Uh, I'm going to have some rather sad stories about how, how much I loved this show growing up and how important the show was to me. Uh, but I always watch these episodes, even though I could watch this show all the time and never get sick of it. I'll, I'll go to my way to watch Halloween episodes before Halloween of Home Improvement. I'll go out of my way to watch Christmas episodes before Christmas of Home Improvement. So I don't know. What's your history and exposure to Home Improvement? Um, it's, can, I can't say that it was a childhood thing. Um, mostly because it started before I was born. Um, <laughs> uh. But I don't know. I came across it later on, and I just thought they were so simple. But they were just kind of fun to watch. Simple show, kind of not a lot of, not super deep or anything. It was just fun to watch, and that's kind of what started it. I don't remember specific moments or anything. It just kind of was something I saw, and I thought, hey, that's a fun show. And then recently, I got watching it. Started watching a few episodes here and there again, and I said. When you suggested this, I was like, hey, yeah, I've been into that recently, so let's watch it, and I'm glad we did. It's funny what a following this show has, because I think when you go back to a lot of the the sitcoms, like the classic sitcoms, the 80s and 90s, the ones where they still did it in front of a live television audience, uh, Home Improvement, I don't think, is one of the ones that immediately sticks out as being like the most popular. People will talk about Seinfeld or The Cosby Show, maybe not as much anymore, <laughs> Cheers, Friends. Um, I don't know, Home Improvement is usually further down the list, but it's it's incredible how many people I'll come across where I'll talk about Home Improvement. They're like, oh, I love this show. Like even Ben and Mallory, like they were dying to be on this episode. And I even talked about maybe we'll do some Christmas Home Improvement episodes. And again, they're dying to be on this episode. Like the show has such a huge following. I think one of the reasons is kind of like how you said it was a simple show. Uh, what I remember growing up is I was a kid and I immediately thought this is the greatest show I've ever seen. And there were adults that I knew who watched this and said, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. It's something about, I think, Tim Allen, like his stand-up comedy. I don't know if you're familiar with his stand-up. It's a little bit more R-rated, I'd say. It's basically 
Tim Taylor, but R-rated. But he has a way of, I guess, reaching an adult audience while making a show that's friendly for kids, but it's not like so childlike where it's nauseating. That's the problem I have with like a show like Full House is that I, I probably watched you know it as a kid, but now I'm like, oh, this is just a show for like nine year olds. But like Home Improvement feels like it's a show for everybody. Oh yeah, it's got a whole wide array of things, and they talk on different issue not issues, but like different you know relevant topics. Like you know, some things times it's about the marriage of their two, and then sometimes it's like you know, Brad did something bad at work or school or had the party in one of the episodes we're going to talk about like and things like that which are more relatable to the people of that age and then sometimes you get into really big things with maybe like al or uh wilson stuff like that so it has a real spectrum of stuff that they kind of talk about and you know the episode's focus has changed and i don't know how familiar you are with last man standing the newer tim allen show um, which basically is just home improvement except with girls instead of boys and the girls being older. Uh, but there's another show I just love and it's, I don't know, Tim Allen just owns it. And I, th- I think that, uh, there's, there's a lot of people who just sort of joke about Tim Allen as, you know, maybe not being as big of a star anymore. But like you think about it, this guy had one of the biggest shows of the nineties. He still holds the record for having, had the number one show in the country, the number one movie in the country, and the number one best-selling book in the country, all within the same week. And even outside of Home Improvement, I mean, he's had two massive TV shows with, like, enormous followings. Then you have, like, the Santa Claus movies, the uh, Toy Story movies, Galaxy Quest, and so much else. Like, Tim Allen's kind of my childhood hero, but uh, even outside of Home Improvement, he just has such a huge career. Are you a fan of Tim Allen outside of Home Improvement, or is this kind of it for you? Um, I like the guy. Um, I don't really know much of. I've probably seen more of him. I just don't remember. I just I all out. All I know is Last Man Standing. Other than that, I'm like blanking mm. on everything. What else did Toy he do? Toy Story. The same. I mean, yeah, I've seen Toy Claus. Oh, tell uh, me you have. You know the Santa Claus movies. I know of it. I haven't seen them. We covered them last year on the Oz Network. So watch them and listen to our recaps because we did the entire month uh, of December for the Santa Claus trilogy and then Christmas with the Cranks also starring Tim Allen. So uh, I will turn this into Tim Allen Oz if I have any say in the matter. Uh, But we should tell people the episodes we're covering here today. So we're doing uh, Season 2, Episode 6, The Haunting of Taylor House. And after that, we're going to cover Season 5, Episode 6, Let Them Eat Cake. Uh, so I looked through all the Halloween episodes and I kind of was under the impression like the Christmas ones, that this is something they did every single year, but I think there were, you know, maybe at least one season, I think the first season where they didn't have any, I just sort of selected these two cause they were two of the more fun episodes or had uh, a lot more going on in them. But we're going to start with the haunting of Taylor house here. Just to remind people what episode this is, uh, this was, I guess the first home improvement Halloween episode from season two. And the premise is that Brad is having, Brad, the oldest son, is having uh, a party, like a Halloween party, a costume party. And uh, I guess the main premise being that uh, Brad and his girlfriend uh, are fighting and that she shows up in a different costume than they agreed with. They were supposed to go as a couple. And uh, he ends up looking like a fool. And it's funny, I didn't even realize that we basically selected two Brad episodes here, which, um, I don't know, you've, you've probably watched the show throughout, not just like early seasons, but I'm guessing you've seen stuff from like the early seasons, the mid seasons, the late seasons. Yes. 
I think the most recent one I saw was a later episode, so it was a little weird to jump back mm-hmm. to them when they were so young. And there's a lot of other shows where I think the child characters just sort of stay the same or they just get boring. And the thing that I always, even as a kid, found interesting about Home Improvement is that I felt like the kid characters, they all they all kind of remain the same. Like Brad's kind of just a little bit dumb and uh, kind of the... the bit of the douchey older brother randy's the smart one who's also like really sarcastic and funny and then mark's the one who you know really wants to be like tim uh and the little brother's always picked on but just going through the different phases of the show like when we're watching the early seasons here i thought that mark the youngest kid was the best and then when they got into maybe around season four or five then i thought randy jonathan taylor thomas was the best and Brad, I always hated. So it's funny watching this episode, how much, and even in the next one, how much I hate Brad. Because, like, I had a passion for my hatred for Brad. Uh, and by the time they got to, like, the last two seasons, I'm like, Brad's the best one on this show. But did you have, like, a favorite of the kids? Yeah, I always love, uh, I love JTT. Who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, he's a, a, an actor. He's in history like he's an acting like legend Mm -hmm. and could have had the most incredible career had he stuck with acting but yeah i've always loved randy i just think he was the funniest and i felt like like felt like the most like this is a weird thing to say because normally you're like i want my actors to feel authentic and convincing Mm -hmm. and like not feel like they're acting but he feels like he's the best actor and is doing the most acting if that makes sense yeah. So like I like that I can tell that he's acting like and and it's just cuz it it comes even more convincing cuz like he's not like doing awkward child actor things. Like he just feels the most professional and ready to go and it's just refreshing to see and I think the chemistry between, you know, him and his quote-unquote parents and Wilson and Al and all this stuff is just the best. It it comes across the most genuine and it helps that he's funny, but like he's just great. Not that I don't like the other two, but he was my favorite. And we don't have much to talk about with Randy or Jonathan Taylor Thomas in these two episodes, so let's just get out of the way. But I don't think he gets given enough credit. Like, as a child actor, like he was, I don't know, maybe 10, 11 years old when he started on the show. And even if you watch these early seasons, his comic timing is like, there are adult comedians who would be jealous of his comic delivery and his comic timing. Like, he is an absolute genius not even as a child, just as a comic performer. And he's so different because like his, his character was so sarcastic, so funny. And he just had this delivery, this kind of it, it, like a stand-up comedy delivery. It wasn't like he just had this dry delivery. Uh, when, when he would say something or make fun of one of his brothers or even make fun of his dad, which isn't something you'd get on TV shows often as the kids making fun of the parents. It's like watching a stand-up comedian go back and forth. That's why I like that you said the 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 rapport that he has and the chemistry. Like even with somebody like Tim Allen, because you wouldn't think it would be easy to have a guy like Tim Allen who made a career in stand-up comedy and you're going toe to toe with him. But their scenes are always fantastic. It's, it's unfortunate we don't have uh, more Randy in these episodes, but still, we're gonna have like some great Randy quotes here. Um, but the first of all, before we even get started, the haunting of Taylor House. Now, had you seen this episode before, or did it stick out in your memory, or is this the first time you've seen it? I mean, I may have seen it. It didn't immediately, like, you know, hit me like, oh, I've seen this. It was just, I mean, it seems familiar. Like, I have a weird remembrance of 
the Andy thing, but the, yeah. maybe I'm getting confused with the Parks and Rec one where, yeah. someone, where uh, Rashida Jones dressed up as Raggedy Yeah, Ann. I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> well, so I don't know what I saw, but maybe I've seen it. The um, the thing that uh, uh, this is, I don't know if it's, it's I'm going to say embarrassing. I'm not even going to hide behind it, but like, I'll say a couple things about this episode, just how much I love this show as a kid. Uh, one of the things is, as a kid, even becoming an adult, like I remember this show just being in reruns constantly. Uh, by the time this show was in its third or fourth season, it was on daily, at least here in Winnipeg. And I don't think it ever went off the air. Like, you could watch it every single night at 10 o'clock for years. Uh, so I'm talking like 10, 15 years, it was on every single day. And I would never miss this show. And it didn't matter how many times I'd seen it start to finish. I would watch it every single night. And my brother used to always uh, quiz me on this because I had this thing where I could tell you within the first shot, even if somebody didn't say a word, I could tell you within the first shot which Home Improvement episode it was. The only exception to that is if they started with a tool time segment because the tool time segments really have no connection to the episode. It's just sort of, you know, this this little side uh, thing. They, they can use it to do things in the episode but especially if you start with tool time it's really not going to have much to do with it but that's kind of how this episode starts and this is i think one of the things the show also doesn't get given enough credit for just how clever it was especially at the time to have a character who would have the show be about his home life but he had his own tv show and you have a tv show within a tv show and they even did things like use the real audience. So when you're watching Tim Taylor hosting an episode of Tool Time and he's got a live audience, they sectioned off part of the audience and said, you're going to be now extras in the Tool Time segments, which is great. Uh, I love the Tool I, I If Tool Time were a real show, I guarantee I would watch this every single day too. And I'd be able to tell you, uh, I'd be able to tell you uh, every single episode on Stucco Week or whatever else they do. Uh, but the thing that's really funny with uh, Tool Time is that Tim Allen's delivery, we talked about this with the Adams Family episode last week, just how hard it is to take really bad puns and make it funny, because that's really all he does when he's in his performance mode as Tim Taylor, the host of Tool Time. You know, in this first scene, he's talking about uh, uh, they're laying bricks and mortar and everything. He's talking about Al being a few bricks shy of a load or whatever, uh, and then the, he, he sends Al backstage to get more bricks or whatever, and while he's gone, Tim steps off camera. Al comes back, can't find Tim. Tim has on a weird-looking monster mask. He's trying to scare Al. Al, of course, doesn't react at all. And uh, Tim's like, you know, uh, uh, that's a scary costume. Who are you supposed to be? It's like, I'm Al. And he just screams like, ah! Like, it's such childish, juvenile humor. But Tim Allen just makes it so lovable. Uh, and then this is what the show was really about. Uh the accident-prone part. And I don't think we get a lot of accidents in these two episodes, but if anybody remembers anything from Home Improvement, it's the fact that he was the accident-prone tool guy. So they're carving pumpkins, and Al's like, you know, oh, okay, I've got mine here, and it's basically Bob Vila, who is the real-life tool show host that you know they kind of base this tool-time scenario on. And Tim, we don't see it. It is. He's basically talking about having a small explosive on the inside, which you know is going to go terribly wrong. And uh, he's w w the exact line he had here uh, is, uh, I cored and scored this bad boy. Now all I need is a small explosive to pop the pieces out. <laughs> like when he delivers those lines, you know that it's just going to be a disaster. And that's also some of the other humor from Perman that really shouldn't go over as well as it does. 
that's just how how cheesy these slapstick you know physical comedy gags are of him just hurting himself or blowing something up uh but Al's talking about, I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, is it too uh, explosive for you, Al? Is it too dangerous? Is it too manly? Why don't you just run and hide? And Al actually does just dive behind the counter and hide. Tim pops the explosive, and the pumpkin pieces just fly out of the front, and it looks like it worked, and then Al pops up from the back, and of course all the pumpkin blew out of the back all over Al. Uh, It's a fun opening segment of Tool Time, but I don't know. How do you feel about the Tool Time segments in comparison to the rest of the show? Uh... Do you prefer just watching the show and maybe skip the tool time segments or, and also just how do you like this first one? Um, I kind of like the tool time. I think it's fun. I don't, I don't like when it's uh, so long. Mm -hmm. I remember there was one where they had people like a quartet come on and they were just singing and singing. Oh, Christmas one. Yeah. Yeah. And it just never ended. I was like, (laughs) please just end this. Uh, but I don't mind them. This one really wasn't that great. I didn't kind of like it that much. I kind of wanted this one to hurry along because mm-hmm. they really drugged out that joke of the ah, the owl and the yeah. scary mask and everything. And I just was like, that wasn't even funny. Like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, when's the joke going to happen? <laughs> I, I did appreciate the pumpkin thing. But after that, it was like a mild chuckle. I mean, it it wasn't the it was one of the weaker ones, I'd say. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I mean, I think there's really memorable tool time segments this one, especially when it is just the opening segment of the episode, like they're not even going to bother to get to the story yet. They're like, let's just throw a tool time segment out there just to kick off the episode. Uh, but just, we want to talk about chemistry, the chemistry between Tim and Al. Like, I don't think that there's a lot of other shows that are built around a comedian where somebody had as little importance as Richard Karn had as Al and made such an impact. You know, you take a show like Seinfeld, like Home Improvement, that that whole era of the 80s and the 90s where they would get a stand-up comedian who maybe isn't an actor and say, let's give you a show kind of based on your stand-up act. And, of course, the entire show is going to be all about them, like The Cosby Show, Roseanne, Seinfeld, you know, so on, so on. Uh, on Home Improvement, this could have just been the Tim Allen show. I mean, he's good enough that it should be. The least likely person to really be a breakout character on Home Improvement, Al, so much so that... Uh, A, when they had the idea and they shot the original pilot for Home Improvement, uh, they had a different character in mind and a different actor in mind, and that actor wasn't available by the time they actually ordered it to a series, so they brought Richard Karn in as a replacement, who wasn't even working as an actor, he was working as like a landlord or a caretaker in an apartment building, basically being a real-life fix-it man, and they brought him in for what was supposed to be a handful of episodes until the original actor who was supposed to play the assistant was available. And then they would have transitioned from Al to the regular assistant. And something about just Richard Carnes, just disdain for Tim Taylor's jokes just really caught on. And then you add to that, like the goofiness of Al as a character. Cause he really is, it's almost like a bipolar character with Al. Like he is com- two completely different people when he's on tool time. He's the one who's smart and witty and, always doing things right and you know, kind of annoyed with Tim. And then when you get to the real world, Al's the one who's all bubbly and friendly and he's kind of the Ned Flanders and home, um, uh, Tim becomes the Homer Simpson, whereas it's kind of reversed on tool time. But uh, uh, we'll get more Al stuff throughout here. But are you a fan of Richard Karn as Al? And also, have you ever seen him on Family Feud? I was thinking that when you were talking yes. about him. <laughs> I was like, I've, I, he was the first one I ever saw mm. as the host. 
obviously, you know, Steve Harvey is probably one of the most, you know, recognizable yeah. and kind of immediate thought. But I remember seeing R- Richard Carr and I was like, he was from uh, Tool Time. I couldn't remember mm-hmm. the name or whatever, but I, I just remember seeing him on Family Feud and I was like, this guy is great on Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. He was, he's just, uh, Al's character is so fun. It's so great to see. And his character is always kind of changing. Like he's super, you know, happy and friendly and everything. And then he's got like his, you know, the love interest that come throughout, mm-hmm. um, his the fat uh, mother. schemes that come out and everything. He's just got, he's just a great character and there's so much depth to him and I love it. And home improvement's ability to take, and there's going to be a lot of people who think that we're overselling, you know, the brilliance of home improvement here, but yeah, just, Colin, you're just an obsessive <laughs> well, fan. Get over it. I am, but just think about this for a second. How many other shows do you know that can take one gag and make a joke out of it every single episode? There's going to be a gag that comes up in this episode where I'm going to point out how it's happened probably dozens of times throughout the course of the show, and it's always just a background moment, but it's always funny. But you take, like, Al and the flannel shirt, something as bland as that, and that I, I would bet out of almost 200 episodes of Home Improvement, you'd probably find 75% of them have a joke about Al wearing flannel. And it's not something you think you could drag out for eight years, but they find a way to drag it out for eight years. Exactly. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the real episode here. Uh, so Do we got to stop hyping it up. Only bad <laughs> stuff from now on. Oh, this is going to get so good from here. Uh, so... When they cut to the episode, so we get Tim at home. Uh, Jill, his wife, is uh, prepping, the, I don't know, like Halloween snacks, things for kids. Little things like you know having gum, gummy worms in, uh, I'm guessing it's supposed to be like chocolate cake. So it's like worms in dirt. And then there's grapes with tapioca pudding. So it's supposed to be like eyeballs in pus and fun things like that. She's prepping all this stuff. Uh, Tim is doing something in the basement. And just like with the christmas episodes you know he's gonna go big and really over the top and probably go too far in his decorating and everything he does uh but he just comes up and he's talking about how you know all the kids are gonna be terrified i love when he's like you know all the guests are gonna be down there their eyes are gonna be bugging out of their head their you know hair is gonna be bleached they're gonna have that look of horror on their face and he says to jill kind of like you looked on our wedding day and uh um or she says that to him and he says well you shouldn't have lifted the veil and she's she again comes right back and it's like well what were you doing wearing it and that was the other thing that i think i loved about this show is just the interplay between tim and jill that you know she would insult him and he would insult her back or he would make fun of her cooking and she would call him a klutz and you know he was always screwing things up but she was you know, uh, always nagging everything. Like they, they just, they both had like their strengths and their weaknesses. And these two characters, like uh, there's probably only a handful of husband and wife teams in sitcom history that were as good as these two were. And there's another thing I'm just going to credit Tim Allen with. Like who does he not have great chemistry with in this show or anything else? But uh, this is of course supposed to be Brad's party and uh, Brad's dressed as raggedy Andy. And, uh, he looks like he looks it. so ridiculous. He does. Even he knows it. Uh, um, and, and Tim knows it too because he's making fun of him. And uh, even Brad's question is like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And the whole idea is that he's wearing this costume because his girlfriend uh, has said, let's dress up together. I'll be Raggedy Ann. You be Raggedy Andy. And this is where the line comes in, which is so great. Just Tim Allen's delivery when uh, uh, 
he says, you know, a lot of times men do things that they don't want to do. So women they're going out with will do things they don't want to do. And you know where he's going with this innuendo. And then Brad, who's still like 13, maybe here, is like, what do you mean, dad? And he just sort of pauses. He has like this blank stare on his face. Like, oh, like get married or degrease an engine or shave your back hair. (laughs) He's just improvising. Uh, The other two kids, Randy and Mark, they were down in the basement checking out the haunted house that Tim was building. And uh, I have a big question about that that I'll ask you in a second. But uh, they come upstairs and Tim doesn't want to spoil what the big surprise is in the haunted house, which is going to come up later. And I just love this is uh, showing how all three of these kids, how great they all are. And just the dynamic between them when uh, Randy's like making fun of Brad's costume. It's like, why are you wearing a mop on your head? And then Mark's like, I think your costume looks great. And he goes, oh, if you like it, then I know it's terrible. These three kids, too, you you can talk about these scenes and anything I might have missed here, but also just the differences between all these three kids and just a bit of trivia. Uh, Well, I'll get to the trivia in a second. Give me your opinion on the the three kids here and these opening sequences. Uh, Yeah, I definitely love the interaction between uh, Tim Allen and Jill's actress name, whose name I don't know. Patricia Richardson. (laughs) Yeah, it's so great. Uh, like the the scariest thing is when I lifted up the veil or something yeah. like that. What he said. <laughs> and what and were you doing like, wearing it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, why did you? Why were you wearing it? And it's just it was so funny. I didn't expect that to be the joke, but it was really funny. And I, I honestly don't rem- remember them having as good of a rapport as they did in this episode. Maybe it's something, and like in this episode in particular, I just felt like it was really good mm-hmm. that they were just really clicking and connecting. And I think it was just really great stuff and obviously the kids are always so fun to see when they interact because they're they're brothers they're going at each other uh they're giving each other crap and Mm. especially with the young one who's what's the young one's name mark mark yeah mark always gets the short end of the stick (laughs) he's a little dweeb uh and it's so funny even though what's his face brad looks so ridiculous (laughs) i mean this kind of fits into why i hated brad as a kid i think it was probably because I think as a kid watching this, maybe you know, around the time this is airing, you're getting old enough where you're starting to realize what things maybe aren't so cool. As a kid, you know, you don't really think about anything being embarrassing or not. And I would watch this I'm like, man, Brad's such a loser. And I think the fact is that Brad would always be it was his character, but he was always trying to be the cool brother, you know? Uh the one who's likable. And we see in the next episode how he's like really vain about his hair and everything. Uh, and I would just like, uh, I would groan. I'm like, oh, I can't stand this guy. But then I realized that's kind of the point. It, it, that was the joke of his character. But as a kid, I didn't get this at all. I'm just like, he's dressed as a doll. What an idiot. Like, I was Randy here making fun of him. Um, the trivia here is uh, how the show came together. So when Tim Allen was basically signed to get his own sitcom, they didn't know what they wanted to do with it. And they had written several different shows or pilots for him. And he was like, ah, it doesn't make sense because they wanted to like the way the Cosby show and Roseanne and Seinfeld were developed around the style of stand-up comedy they had. They knew they wanted something that was going to be about masculinity and, you know, tools and more power and uh, uh, like all the grunting and everything. And I can't wait to hear Rossi's grunt coming up. Uh, But... They didn't really have anything that worked for Tim Allen. It was all these weird premises that he's like, oh, it just doesn't feel real. And he sort of came up with the, the two ideas, the one being 
you know, the tool show host who was just accident prone, which was kind of Tim Allen in real life. Not that he's so much accident prone, but like Tim Allen in his books, which of course I read as a child, uh, he writes about how he's just a bad fix it man. It's not that he's accident prone, you know, he's the type of guy who would probably like, you know, take a hammer to his thumb, but it was more just he's, he loves tools, but he's not good at fixing things. And he wanted to bring that into the show and also his experiences growing up. And I got this when I read his books, uh, particularly his first one, Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man, I think was the first one, uh, was that these kids and so much of the stories that come up throughout all eight seasons were real things that him and his brothers did growing up because he was a kid who was raised with all brothers. And he wanted to bring that into the show. And uh, I don't know if you remember the episode. There's an episode from an early season where Brad and Randy basically paid Mark a quarter to sit inside of a garbage can and smell it for like 10 minutes. And that came from Tim Allen's book where he's like, yeah, this is this is what we did as kids. So I just love that, you know, the reason I think that these kids work is because Tim Allen brought these real experiences into it as well. Um, the costumes here, we're going to have a couple of the costumes. So just like we do with Parks and Recreation, we got a comment on the costumes here. Uh, but before we get to everybody arriving at the party, the, the main thing here is that the uh, the the terrifying costume that Tim says he has and the terrifying costume that Jill says she has, which is going to be the joke later on. Um, we get our first scene with Wilson here. This is your profile pick. Again, how can you take a premise that is so basic and really just one joke and have that joke work in, in this case, 200 episodes or, you know, eight years worth of just a guy whose face is never shown behind a fence. Um, I don't know, how great is Wilson? You have a character who's supposed to be the wise man. He's the most intellectual character, not just in the show, but maybe in all of television at this point. He knows everything. He's philosophical. He's a historian. He's weird. He's into all different cultures. Uh, you never see his face, but he's always giving Tim the advice. And uh, this scene here, the, the one of the best parts in this episode that always makes me laugh, and I always forget it's in the episode, is where uh, he's talking about epinephrine and why do people like being scared because it's Halloween and he's talking about epinephrine or whatever and he's like you know when those kids see the haunted house they're gonna be epinephrine in their pants <laughs> uh but I just love all the Wilson scenes this one's very brief uh some of the scenes are actually kind of touching when you watch them too uh but this obviously Earl Hindman the actor who played Wilson's the only member of the cast who's died up until this point so if we ever got a home premium review it wouldn't be with him but I'll have more trivia on Wilson in a second but uh what do you think of this Wilson scene and then also just Wilson as a character I love Wilson hidey ho neighbor hidey ho Tim <laughs> what was it? do your grunt again do it no uh-huh. no um I love Wilson oh. I remember like now that I think about it, I feel like as a kid I would have been like so annoyed. Like, why isn't this man showing his face? But yeah. I feel like I always loved it. Mm-hmm. Like I always just thought it was such a funny little gag to have every episode, and no matter where he was, even if he wasn't behind the fence, if he was at a party, you know, he was behind a balloon, <laughs> yeah. or someone's plate is in the air, or something, or like there's a, some a book or something. It's just always something blocking, and I thought it was so funny how they did it all the time. There was uh, and just really Wilson quickly, just really quickly. Do you, do you ever see the episode where uh, I think it was Mark was making a paper mache mask of Wilson's face, and then when Mark steps away, you realize that he's paper mache just half of his face. 
Uh, no, but that sounds hysterical. <laughs> I mean, what else does he have to go on? Uh, but Wilson just has so many great scenes. He's always kind of the sensible one, knows what to say, has the good emotion, uh, advice and everything. It's just, he's so great. And I love all the scenes with him. Mm-hmm. Here's the uh, interesting trivia on Wilson here. Uh, just like with the kids, Tim Allen took it from his real life when they knew they wanted to develop a character that would be the neighbor that's kind of like the voice of reason and uh, the one who could kind of... Tim's supposed to be kind of a dumb, clueless character and you have somebody who kind of brings him back down to earth. He always remembered as a kid his dad talking to the neighbor. And because he was a kid and couldn't see necessarily high enough, he always only saw half of his neighbor's face like this. So the idea of Wilson actually kind of comes from just a kid not being able to see anything and that his perception of his neighbor is like, well, I know I always see this guy. I always have him. He's always talking. You know, my dad's always talking to him and I'm always in the backyard and we all know who this neighbor is, but we can't see. Does he have a whole face? And they just brought that into the show along with the gag of how they'll always find a way to hide his face. Again, as a child, I remember and, and kids are stupid. They don't know anything. Um, as a child, I remember my sister coming home and she said, uh, so I heard that the reason that the actor never shows his face is because he was his face was badly burned in an accident, so they're hiding it. And I remember even as a kid thinking, like, that hardly seems plausible. And that's one of the things that we'd use to make fun of my sister years later. You know, it's like, well, he does have a face, which uh, if you've ever seen the finale, they kind of have, I wouldn't really call it a reunion show, but they have like a special that airs after the finale that's sort of like best of moments. And they show the curtain call when after they finish filming the final episode, because whenever they would film uh, in front of the audience, when Earl Hyman, the actor, would come out uh, at the end as they're all taking their bows, he would always have a little fence on a stick that he would hold up in front of his face so that even when the show's finished filming, the actor or the, the audience would never see him. And in the very final episode, he comes out and he actually shows his full face. And that's the only time that even off camera, they revealed his face, which is hilarious. Uh, there's another great line in here. Um, the one where uh, somebody saying, or I think Wilson was saying, there's nothing so exhilarating. Or, uh, Winston Churchill had this quote. There's nothing so exhilarating as being shot at and missed. And Tim's like, it's a safe bet it wasn't Lincoln that said that. But we get back to the party in a second here. This is basically the main premise of the episode. So Brad's girlfriend's supposed to be showing up. And as they're greeting people at the door, uh, Jennifer, his girlfriend, all of a sudden arrives. And she's dressed as like a biker girl, which is not Raggedy Ann. And this is what sort of causes the fight between them. Because not only is she dressed like Raggedy Ann, but she's also uh, here with another guy. Which, are you a fan of Boy Meets World? Did you know this actor? I heard of it. No, yeah, yeah. Ryder Strong, who's like the best friend character on Boy Meets World, this is him here playing the bully character Danny, who's stolen Brad's girlfriend, uh, which is great because like a year later he'd be a major character on another like ABC, you know, childhood favorite show of mine. Um, some other characters get introduced here. Curtis, <laughs> can you not love Curtis? Uh, the weird thing about this is that Curtis was introduced, I think, earlier in the season or maybe even in the previous season as a character in Randy's class that Randy had made fun of or done something to and he had to apologize to him. And then Jill, who was forcing Randy to be nice to this kid, realized this kid is terrible 
and she hates him, and they kind of brought him back here as just something for Jill to play off because Jill can't stand Curtis. But I love Curtis coming in dresses in Adam, and <laughs> the way he says to her, it's like, hey, great costume, Mrs. Taylor, because she's, of course, uh, dressed as a carrot, which her scary costume, there was a mix-up at the costume shop, and now she's just a giant carrot. And she's like, oh, thanks, Curtis. He goes, you can't even see how fat you are. <laughs> and then uh, she asks him something about... Um, uh, what are you? Uh, uh, and, and he says, an Adam, and then why don't you split? And then, of course, the great moment where after Brad realizes his uh, girlfriend's left him for another guy who's a biker and not Raggedy Andy, uh, he runs out of there like a big baby because that's what Brad was. And Curtis says, uh, why did Brad leave? And Jill's like, well, I think he's just embarrassed about his costume. Oh, when are you going to leave? <laughs> And we get more stuff with Jill in this ridiculous carrot costume when she can't get out of it because she has to go to the bathroom. Uh, Tim tries to get a vegetable peeler, which again, just corny jokes that really work. Uh, she ends up pushing Curtis out of the way to get to the bathroom. And then we get the nice scene between Tim and Brad here where um, we're going to cover, I guess, everything up to the haunted house here. But Tim and Brad where he's kind of giving like the, the father-son talk, you know, why is Jennifer mad at you? It's like, I didn't do anything. And it's like, well, you know, go back. It's got to be something. And he's mentioning, you know, oh, well, we were playing kickball the other day. I said, you didn't kick her in the face, did you? And then this is kind of what Tim Allen's comedy is I understand. Built. Yeah, yeah, the I understand thing. That's so good. But even uh, just the cluelessness of men, and this is like straight out of something Tim Allen would do in his stand-up comedy when he's like a, uh, uh, women aren't as smart as they think they are. They don't know how little we actually understand. And then he gives like his big advice to Brad, which is the most powerful words you could use to any woman is I understand. And he's like, I understand what? It's like, doesn't matter. It's like, uh, all you have to do is use those words and it, it works for everything. You can apologize for those words. You can do anything. So that's his big advice. So he goes in and he's trying to talk to Jennifer and uh, she's saying like, I'm really mad at you or whatever. And he goes, I understand in his sympathetic voice. And Tim, you can see him in the background like going, yes, <laughs> it worked. And Jennifer's like, you understand what? And all of a sudden Tim, the, the look on his face, like deer caught in his headlights. He's like, uh, I don't know. He's like shrugging his shoulders. Brad eventually flubs his way through it, realizes that the reason Jennifer's mad at him is because he picked another girl for kickball instead of her. And he says, well, she's good. I wanted to win. <laughs> and sometimes Brad, as much as he was annoying, I'm like, that is kind of funny. Uh, just the cockiness he has there. And then she goes, Brad, you're so dense. He goes, well, I may be dense, but at least my team won. <laughs> I, I kind of do like Brad in this episode. I got to admit, I think as much as I hated him in these early seasons when I was a kid, now that I'm older, I really love just Brad being this idiot son who, who has like the uh, a lack of self-awareness that Tim has. Uh, but eventually he makes up with her and, uh, you know, he's still looking like an idiot, but uh, he gets his girlfriend back or whatever. And we're going to get to the haunted house in a second, but uh, everything up to the haunted house there, Rossi. Jeez, give me a break. <laughs> it's uh, about five minutes of screen time. That was so much to get through. I don't even remember. Where, where do we start? Um, Curtis, the people arriving at the party. Oh, yeah. Tim okay, talking okay. to Brad. Brad talking okay, to Jennifer. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, Curtis is annoying. Jeez, so rude. <laughs> also, wouldn't putting on a heavy costume make you look fatter? Like, uh, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the joke of hey, you can't you can't tell you're fat in this 
heavy bulky costume. <laughs> what? Uh, what a rude kid. I wish he got scared at the end too. Um They should have brought him back again though. Like as annoying as he is, what a great character. Yeah, a great annoying character. <laughs> Definitely should be in another episode if he isn't. I will write to the letters, write letters to whoever made this show. Letter to the editor? Letter to the producer, director, whoever, and complain. 20, 30 plus years after the fact, <laughs> but I will complain. Um, yeah, the whole kickball thing was an interesting point. I, I kind of expected when Jennifer, or when Brad opened the door to Jennifer and she wasn't in the Anne costume, that all the, the live audience would go, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for the drama of it all because. That's what I did. I was like, ooh, she's not wearing it. And can you imagine if they made up and kissed there, it would have been, ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like with the whistles, too. Yeah. 80s, 90s staples of sitcoms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was a, they, I thought it was, it was a big surprise when she didn't come in the costume. I wasn't ready for that. That was a plot twist I didn't see coming. Plot twist. Uh but obviously it sets up a lot of drama with Brad, you know, all the relationship stuff that we obviously have to assume is happening because we don't get it. I mean, we're watching this out of context, but, uh, you know, the, the big bully comes in and takes this girl mm-hmm. away from Brad and we're like, oh, then they're trying to fight in the house. Like, just oh. broke out of nowhere. Can, can I also bring up, I can't believe I forgot this, when Tim goes out to talk to Brad and he's like, you know, don't you want to be inside your party? He's like, I want to beat up Danny. And then uh, he's like, oh, that's not a good idea. I was like, well, I can't beat up Jennifer. And Tim's like, I don't know. I think you could take her. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I forgot about that. Uh, it's just so great. And I understand it's too funny, especially when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I, I think what was, they had Tim and uh, Jill. Yeah. Yeah, they had a they had a conversation before Brad came out, and it was like, "I'm an expert in women or whatever." He said, mm. and then and then she's like, "Oh, what did you talk about that after, neurophysics after that or something?" <laughs> Implying that he knows nothing about it. Yeah, and it shows because he says, "I understand," and, and it <laughs> falls apart instantly. It's just so funny. I love I love that little exchange with the them on the couch and Tim in the back. It was just too, it was perfect. Yeah, this is, this is going to get a little bit too political, but I think one of the things that's so appealing about this show and even Last Man Standing is that like modern world, people push so much whereas like you can't have any boundaries. There can't be like any gender boundaries. You can't have something that this is distinctly woman, this is distinctly man. There are things that are very clearly distinctly male and distinctly female and i'm not talking about you know professions or interests or wardrobe or anything like that but there's personality things and i think that's what this show nails and they never really apologize for it and i love that last man standing does the same thing where it's like yeah you know a guy is not gonna get certain things but also a woman is going to get offended by something that a guy wouldn't necessarily think of and just give you no clue about it. So, like, you should just know Bradley. Like, I also hated Jennifer, too. Like, the way she always called him Bradley, I just, oh, so stuck up. But, yeah, I was just like, well, you should just know. And that's when Tim has the line. It's like, women don't realize how little we actually know. And then the whole I understand thing. It's like, you just got to say something. Like, you don't, it's not that you don't care, but 
these things like this, I think that it still works because it's this is the way that men and women are for the most part. Nobody's you know, gonna somebody's gonna be like, oh well, you know that that's too specific or whatever. It's like, well, it speaks for at least a good amount of the majority. I watch the show with Jamie, and she's like, yeah, this is totally true. So I think that I like that this show is kind of about differences between men and women. I think some of it is still kind of dated, though. Like. You watch some episodes and you're like, ah, well, that's a little weird. Like, like it just, just I can't think of an example right now. Otherwise, I would, but it's just sometimes I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. I guess you're really pushing that hard, like that that concept. But it was just like I never thought this episode was bad in any way. Yeah, because I it felt like it didn't feel like you know stereotyping or anything. It just felt like that is Tim and Jill's marriage. Yeah, exactly. Like, it didn't feel like a blanket thing about men being idiots. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. But <laughs> it, it felt very personal to the situation. So I didn't think it was too bad. Sometimes I do things, and I'm like, all right, let, let's just oversimplify everything here. But this episode was pretty good on that. There's another Home Proven episode, I think a perfect example of it, where Tim's, I think, talking to Al or somebody else, and basically saying, like, you know, any time that Jill's upset with me, and it's a similar situation to this, like, the woman's upset, the guy just doesn't know what he did wrong, and she's not willing to tell him because he should just know. Uh, and he's like, anytime Jill's upset, I just say one thing. It's like, Jill, I'm sorry. And it's like, sorry for being what? It's like, anything, you know, breathing, being a man, having an Adam's apple, just sorry in general. And that's all he says. And also you get you get things like that where it's like yeah, yeah guys are just they do have to do that sometimes and it's not that you're insincere it's like you don't know and you're not going to keep guessing but there's other things like uh one of my favorite home moments ever was an episode where jill did something wrong or she was wrong on something and she was incapable of saying i'm sorry or i was wrong or you were right and tim hacks like coax it out of her it's like okay jill so uh if you are not right then that would make you and he's like trying to, you know, it's like, it starts with, you know, an R and it's like really open-minded and, you know, uh, open to other people's suggestions. She's just playing with him. And Jamie will watch that with me. And she's like, yeah, that's the same thing. Like Jamie is incapable sometimes of saying, oh yeah, sorry about that. And one of the things that Jamie does, she's going to hate me for saying this, but one of the things Jamie does to me often is uh, if she does, you know, have to apologize for anything, she won't actually apologize. She'll be like, I already told you, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> That conversation never happens. So I find lots of it. Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. There's going to be things that are dated. But one of the things that people also don't understand, like some things that are dated, it's it's simply dated just because that's the way the time period was at the time, you know? Like if you have a show in the 50s and the the mother is just at home and doing this and, you know, uh, the, the housework and cleaning and stuff like that. Well, because that's what the majority of women were doing at the time. And, you know, if you have a show during the 90s, like especially with Jill, you had a lot of storylines where the mother would go back to school and then go back to work. And that was like five or six years of home improvement was basically Jill going back to work. And I don't, have you ever seen the finale? Do you know how the show ends? I can't remember. I won't spoil it for you, but it kind of becomes about you think this show is about well, what's going to happen with Tim and you realize that in the final episode, no, it's actually about what's going to happen with Jill. So I, I always thought that this show was very fair between the men and women and uh, interesting thing, you know, we're going a bit long here. We got another episode to cover, but uh, just on Patricia Richardson as, as Jill, they filmed 
the pilot with a different actress as Jill. And part of the problem was they found like when she was getting upset with Tim, she was coming across whiny and naggy. And they wanted somebody who came across like a wife that was upset, who was sort of like, oh, Tim, you're such an idiot, you know, but wasn't unlikable. And they recast it because the original actress just came across as whiny and naggy and they didn't want that. Uh, so perfect actress they got for this. Uh, final scene we'll talk about here, the haunted house. So this is what's great in all home improvement theme episodes is Tim going over the top of decorations. This is the most elaborate basement haunted house ever. Uh, he yeah, I them- want one. I, 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 I did you oh, ever get to build a haunted house like in school or anything? Did I build one? No, well, I don't know. Like sometimes schools they'll have one where you build like in, in, I think it was in 5th or 6th grade uh our class built like a haunted house in our school that you know the other kids would get to go through and the one we built was apparently like the best one ever and I think we actually took some stuff from home improvement like with the the one person coming out from behind with the mask and another person coming out with no head and just, you know, the weird music and cobbles and stuff like that. Like, ours was pretty... Uh, I remember this as a child, but ours was pretty close to this. Well, I'm glad for you. <laughs> I'm proud. <laughs> Wait till we get to the Christmas episodes. Um, but no, this haunted house is cool. And uh, all the kids are terrified every time anything happens. Mark comes out with the monster mask on Tim had earlier. And all the kids are screaming and... Uh, I like that uh, Danny, the bully kid here, just says, it's just uh, Brad's uh, stupid brother. And Mark's like, it is not me. Oh, <laughs> and then uh, Tim gets unveiled in his terrifying costume, which is a really scary old lady, uh, like an old grandmother who chases a kid asking for a kiss. This is right out of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey last year's Halloween. Do you remember it? Ugh, don't remind me. <laughs> I swear it's the same costume. We should do a side-by-side comparison. Uh, and uh, Danny's, again, the only one... <laughs> Danny's the only one not buying this. He uh, is making fun of everybody. He goes, uh, uh, this is all such a joke. Uh, you're in a dress. Your son's dressed as a doll. Your wife is a radish. And then he's like, I've seen your show. They should call it Fool Time. Uh, and... Tim basically says, well, fine, if you don't find any of this stuff scary, why don't you look in the little toolbox over there? So this was the surprise that earlier on, Randy and Mark came upstairs and uh, were like, oh, when I looked in the toolbox and he wouldn't let them say what it was. So this Danny kid opens it and there's a bucket. He's like, ooh, I'm so scared. And of course he picks it up and there's Al's head just floating on top of a table, (laughs) just turning and staring at him. This kid Danny runs out of there screaming. Um, I also just have to mention this, the gag that, uh, I love that happens, I don't know, dozens of times at home improvement. Every time Tim's in a scene in his basement, you will watch him walk up the stairs and then come back down again and hit his head on this one pipe. And I swear, I almost pee my pants every time I see him hit his head on this pipe. And it's because it happens all the time and you never see it coming and never draw attention to it. But I think this was one of the first times that happened here. Uh, and then just the final scene. So after uh, Danny runs out of there and the party's over, uh, Wilson and Tim are kind of leaving and Al's head's still sitting there on top of this uh, toolbox. And he's like, Tim, there's spiders down here. And he goes, no, those are just uh, gimmick spiders. And then you see a giant tarantula all over Al. And we cut to the bloopers um, where there's a great line, the blooper that uh, I think was played in so many different like home improvement best of clips where uh, Tim's wearing his dress and he says, you know, about them being performers. He goes, 
something about yeah we're we're not well trained but we're highly skilled we're not even really that skilled but i always love the bloopers in these old sitcoms as well but this haunted house stuff's great and uh they would get more elaborate in later seasons as well but this is what's so fun about this show just how over the top tim gets with stuff which i can identify with that because i'm kind of the same way my turn well that's the end of the episode so yes yay um (laughs) Yeah, this stuff is good. It, it was a little bit of an anticlimactic, I would say, just a little bit, the, the whole basement stuff, just because I was expecting so much from what we had gotten from the very beginning. So I was expecting a little more, but it was still good. Like uh, the the little brother thing was funny, and <laughs> Tim coming out of this old woman was very unexpected. Um, and I knew that there was coming more because of the toolbox and then the co- earlier conversation with Wilson saying, are you going to come by? And he said he wouldn't miss it. So obviously I knew there was more. It was good to see the Boy Beats World kid get his comeuppance in this um, and take that. Don't take uh, Raggedy Andy's girl ever again. <laughs> uh, I also wish the little Adam kid got scared, but Curtis, can only hope. No, Adam. Well, his name's Curtis, but he's the little Adam boy, yes. Yeah. Not his Adam. name is not Adam, the Adam. The Atom. Atom, yes. Atom, the Atom boy. <laughs> I wish he got scared too, but one out of two isn't bad. And then when they just leave Al <laughs> there at the very end, it was just too great. Just, and it's not a real spider, don't worry. And then they just leave it too perfect. I just love the childish terror the way that Al says, Tim, there's spiders down here. <laughs> like, all scared, too. There's not spiders. Like, Tim, Tim! And this is a tarantula is, like, inches from his face. Uh, there was another moment with Curtis here I forgot about when he comes down and Jill's kind of, I guess, hosting this haunted house. And she's like, there's hideous monsters around every corner. And Curtis like, there's no hideous monsters down here. And she just looks at him and says, there's at least one, Curtis. That's your Adam moment. There you go. Anyways, um, I can kind of agree with you because I did say that they did much bigger things with decorations later on. Uh, but I mean, it's, this is just a fun episode, and the, the episode kind of it has a purpose to it, unlike the next one we're going to get to, which is just sort of like a cheesy story. This one kind of has the message behind it, and I like the uh, the whole thing about men not understanding and women being unable to tell a guy what you know what's bothering them. I like all that stuff and also being related to related to the kid too. And everybody was just hitting in this episode. Like everyone, was, everyone was on their a game. Uh, what would you do with uh, this episode? Season two, episode six, haunting a Taylor house. Would you buy it, rent it or bin it? Uh, Ooh, I think I'm going to play a little psychology here. I'm going to rent this one and I'm going to give a little teaser just because I think the next one we're going to talk about was better. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I really uh, like this episode, but I like the other uh, next one more. I'm going to buy this one because I did feel like it was a little bit smarter in what the episode was about, like I said. Uh, I do think the funniest moments definitely come in the next episode, but overall... I mean, I'm kind of, I'm not spoiling my review, but I prefer to have these two episodes, this first one here. So maybe we'll have an interesting discussion coming up. Um, so we're going to jump ahead a couple seasons. Uh, we could have just done. <laughs> <laughs> Rossi's grunts. 
we have to well before we jump to the next episode let's do a grunt break here uh so there's several different tim allen grunts there's the like uh i don't know high-pitched um thoughtful grunt which is like oh, 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 oh. and that's your turn to take it you got to give the let's take a laugh <laughs> funny story tim um of course you have the the like the the typical one, though. <laughs> Rossi's clearing his throat or throwing up. I can't do it. <laughs> My uh, voice is too high. <laughs> well, then let's go back to the. There's lots of different grunts. We'll we'll end it with those two for now. We'll save some for Christmas. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, and then you, okay, so let's just get to it. You have the questioning grunt, the, I don't know what you're talking about. The, uh? <laughs> 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 can, can you do, please do that again, exactly as you just did. No, I quit. Just, uh? I, can't, I quit. <laughs> just one more. Uh? Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. It's the the, the deep hearty uh, 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 with the ho 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 ho. It's a uh. Uh. <laughs> I can't. This is why I was so excited to do this because last week off air, Rossi and I grunting back and forth and realizing Rossi has an inability to grunt like the tool man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to describe yours. It's like, uh, I don't know, a, a really confused goat or something. <laughs> sounds like Kermit the Frog. Like <laughs> This is Ooh, Tim you... Kermit the Frog playing Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> yeah, my Kermit the Frog impression of Kermit the Frog doing <laughs> Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> more power. Oh, we want more power. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a pretty good Kermit the Frog. I miss Piggy's Jill. <laughs> um, so episode six of season five now, as we jump ahead a couple seasons, the kids get to age three years. Uh, yeah, it was such le- a time jump for us. <laughs> I was like, let- wow, that was quick. I mean, the only thing that didn't change was Jonathan Taylor Thomas's height, because he's been four foot ten for the last 30 years. Uh, so... This is now in the phase where Brad has definitely gotten annoying. I don't really find a lot, even as an adult, to appreciate about Brad the teenager here, even though, again, I get the point of the character. Uh, Brad's now the teenager who's too cool for everything, and he's got his new friend there, Jason. And uh, the basic premise of this episode is there's a cable award show going on the same night as Halloween, and Brad, again, throws a party uh, on Halloween at the house, except this time... Uh, it's not authorized and uh, hilarity ensues but um, the best part of this episode is going to be Al so we'll get to that in a bit so this episode we don't start with um, the uh, what do you call it the the tool time segment this time we start behind the scenes with Heidi a character that we will have nothing really to say about in these episodes but let's just get out of the way in case we never cover home improvement again 
Uh, are you a fan of Heidi? Uh, also, are you familiar with the original Tool Girl that Heidi replaced? Uh, yes to the first, no to the second. Sorry, I almost <laughs> spit up my water there. You actually, I thought that was a joke. You don't, you don't know who Heidi replaced on the show? Um, maybe I did, but I don't the, Well, the first, now. the first Tool Girl in season one of Home Improvement, it might have been season one and two, uh, was played by Pamela Anderson. And then when she got Baywatch, they had to recast it with a new character, which is why Heidi got brought in. Oh, I like Heidi, though. I agree. I think that Heidi's better than I think Lisa was Pamela Anderson's character's name in the first two seasons. She was just sort of there, and also it's pre Baywatch, pre a lot of surgery, so you can't necessarily tell it's Pamela Anderson. But so if you <laughs> don't know the trivia, I can understand. Pre sex tape. Yeah, exactly. Very pre sex tape, Pamela Anderson. Uh, but uh, overall, I mean, Heidi. I, I don't know if she ever became a major character. She did become kind of a permanent cast member on the show. She got an intro little clip at the end, toward yeah. the end of the series, so yeah, exactly. She 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 became part of the opening credits, uh, but I will say, even though Heidi's, I don't think there's anybody who's going to rank Heidi and not have her as their least favorite character on the show, just because she doesn't have that much importance. But there's you two would episodes. put Brad below Heidi. Well, during these seasons, I agree. Yes, <laughs> but. Um, the two episodes, which I hope we can one day find an excuse to get to, uh, there's an episode where Heidi quits Tool Time, which is an episode where they bring Pamela Anderson back uh, on the show and they have them both there at the same time. That's a great Heidi episode. And then when Heidi has her baby, maybe my favorite scene in Home Improvement history. Uh, I don't know if you remember that at all, but it's just it's absolutely brilliant. There's a, uh, a trilogy of episodes with a character that appears in that that maybe we should get to, but... Uh, I think Heidi, when they actually made an episode about Heidi, was pretty good on the show. It's just, I don't think she's really as funny as the other cast members if I had any complaint about Heidi. Heidi is just great. I love that they made her more of a character. I think she's she's fun, and then she's on the, she's in both. Like, she was at first just a tool time part of the show, but then she yeah. became the full-time kind of character. Mm-hmm. And they gave her more depth than just tool girl, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, in this episode, she gets this one scene. Well, I guess she's in the award ceremony later on. But uh, this opening scene, here's the weird thing. Because I watched the show, like I have it all on DVD, but uh, and I watched the show when it's originally airing, one of the things that I guess it was different, especially during the early to mid-90s, is the running time when a show went into syndication. So Home Improvement, when it aired in its first run on network TV on ABC... Uh, its running time might have been 60 seconds longer. And then once it was in syndication, it's like a minute less or something like that. So I watched Home Improvement every single night for who knows how many years. And then when the DVDs finally came out, like 10 years ago or whatever, and I bought them, there were scenes like this opening scene here where I'm like, is this a deleted scene? Like, am I watching a director's cut here? Not even realizing that this was part of the original airing, uh, but they have to cut out in syndication. So... I had no memory. I remember this episode starting with Al's rehearsal, but it actually has just this kind of pointless little moment here where Heidi's delivering an expense report to Tim for all the things that he broke. And uh, he kind of makes a thing about putting it like in a, a shredder or something like that. She says, Oh, you broke that as well, $800. And um, this kind of transitions to Al rehearsing. And this is, I think, the lovable. I don't, don't want to call him lovable loser, Al, but. Uh, Let's be honest, Al, the great thing about Al is he, he is the 
least cool character you have ever seen. Uh, he's here doing his little rehearsals, and Tim's just, you know, the cool guy's like, we don't need to rehearse, and he's talking about the script or whatever, and Tim takes a saw and cuts the script in half. Uh, the whole scene here is just setting up this award show that's coming up, the Cable Award Show, which all of these shows seem to be on the same channel, so is this a Cable Award Show, or is it an award show of just the one cable channel that these shows are all on, which is just all local as well. I don't know. But uh, I like the uh, little mentions of the shows that they have when Tim's like, we're never going to win because we never beat Cooking with Irma. We get Irma here who appears in a couple episodes. She's supposed to be like the local uh, cable celebrity who has this big cooking show that everybody loves. And she wins everything. Um and Al's basically trying to pick Tim up and saying, you know, there's uh, a lot of uh, good shows that we did. You know, who would forget uh, our uh, – pick any show from Stucco Week. And Tim's like, that was powerful TV. And then Al's like, who wasn't moved by our salute to toilets? And he goes, that one had the audience on the edge of their seat. And it's such a bad pun, but, like, Tim Allen's so good at these things. Uh, and the setup of the episode is whether or not he wants to go to this costume party that a friend of his is having or if he wants to go to the award show. Uh, we'll quickly cut in here the introduction of the other storyline, which is Mark has an ear infection. <laughs> That's Mark's storyline. Thrilling, thrilling television. <laughs> yeah. This is why I'm really curious why you like this one more. It's not that I dislike it. I don't think there's any episode of Home Improvement I do dislike, but uh, Mark's ear infection and they need a babysitter. Randy wants to go out trick-or-treating. Brad, who's now the, the teenager who's too cool for everything, has his friend – you want to talk about Curtis being annoying? Annoying Jason here, so annoying. And uh, I, I'll, I'll get your opinion on Jason, but I'll tell you one of the reasons I find him annoying. Uh, this is just sort of the slimy friend who's fast talking and uh, a bit of a con artist, and he appears throughout a couple of seasons here, on and off. I think this is the first time that he's introduced in the show. Uh, he says, "Well, we can babysit because then we'll." I'm a fan of Tool Time, and you have. Uh, uh, him introducing here where he's just, of course, trying to con Tim and he's lying about loving tool time. He says it's a metaphor for how we live in the 90s and Tim's like, yeah, exactly. And that comes up later. But they agree to stay home and babysit and only after Tim and Jill leave does Jason reveal, you know, oh, we can have a party now. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, they have this conversation about him being a senator, which isn't really cool, but I don't know. What do you think about Jason and uh, the introduction of the storylines in this episode? Yeah, I love Jason. Best Are you character. serious? No. Thank God. Oh. He's annoying, but I, I do think some of his lines are actually really funny. Yeah. Like just the smooth talking of it. Like when they get, this is jumping way ahead, but when they get caught in that closet, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I was just looking for the vacuum to clean up. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was so funny. And then Tim's like, are you a fan of Tool Time or not? <laughs> just stuff like that was pretty great. Um, I think he's a great character. I think annoying as hell mm-hmm. but so someone you kind of want is like a foil for the show and especially someone for brad who's kind of like going through it he's the oldest he's kind of trying to figure out whatever he who he is and everything like that so it's kind of good to have that for brad um yeah mark has no point in this episode is <laughs> a reason to keep brad at home he does you don't even need him to have the ear infection like, Brad could just be, oh, yeah, we're just going to hang out at home. What would he do? He, or Mark would have nothing. The only yeah. 
any reason he's even in the episode is because of the ear infection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, My little brother's pus. <laughs> hey, that kid got paid to do that, so. Um, or at least I hope. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think this is, the reason I think I like this is that there's just so much going on. I think there's a lot of different storylines instead of everyone being in their own. Like, instead of one group story, because I feel like the last episode was a group story. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like soap opera-y in terms of there's Brad and there's uh, Tim, JTT, and then there's the 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 tool show, and then there's the going out costuming and and the party and everything, and Al coming on stage with this. It's just all these different things, and I thought it was just so much funnier. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the why I love it. But um, yeah, this has a lot of great stuff. I love where where do we start with this? Was this the uh, beginning, the beginning of, the of the episode with Heidi, the expense report. Oh yeah. Tim, the klutz, breaks the, the one thing that he's trying to, like, hide and everything. Like, he's owes thousands of dollars at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is kind of like the be- beginning, middle, sort of the rise of Heidi. Like, she starts as, like, one lines and then she develops into, like, a full character with, like, mm-hmm. actually storylines and everything. Um, and then what would happen after this? Jason. <laughs> Jason, that was it? Your infection. You just went backwards, but you covered it all. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever I said, I stick with. I'm going to uh, tell you why Jason's um, annoying. Jason, you know, okay, one thing. You know what Jason reminds me of? Oh, uh, let's see if you're going where I'm going to go. I'm 100% not going where you're going to go. <laughs> okay, what is it? He reminds me of that, like, that Wiley Fox from Pinocchio. The Wily Fox? I don't think I remember a Wily Fox. I, I don't know the, the like the fox that like tries to like mislead Pinocchio. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I don't know the name of the character, but like that's what he reminds me of, and that's like Pinocchio's Brad, and like I just that kind of relationship is what I think of when I see him. I was just gonna say the actor and what's kind of annoying about him, and I don't think that he's bad. Um, I think that he has good delivery, like you said, with some of those lines. But there's a way that he delivers. I'd say a good chunk, maybe 50% of his dialogue where he is just being Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura. And it's so obvious, especially at the time watching the show when it came out, you know, Jim Carrey was huge at this point. And I'm like, like, why is this guy pretending to be Jim Carrey? And I don't know if you'd really draw that comparison now as Jim Carrey is not as big anymore, but especially the time was just obvious to me that he was just ripping off Jim Carrey. And I think that's kind of what's annoying. It didn't feel unique or anything. Uh, but I do get what you're saying about the, like the purpose of the character, and that's why I said I think the character kind of works. It's just the actor is just kind of annoying, uh, not bad. Just I, I'm sure he'd be really funny if he had you know style of his own. Uh, here's the, all the good stuff in the episode, though the award show, uh, and I think this is what's interesting about this is a Halloween episode. Is that it really, if you look on it, the episode has next to nothing to do with Halloween. You have a couple people in costumes. Randy's out trick or treating. The the two stories, the award show and Brad's party at home, neither are Halloween themed. It's not like the kids who show up at Brad's party are in costume. It's not like the people at the award show are in costumes. You have the brief scene where they show up in costumes just to make the acceptance speech funny. But uh, it still works. And I love just Irma you know, winning every single award. And uh, when Tim has that line or she has the line, it's like, maybe next year they should just uh, move my table right up on the stage. He goes, or better yet, they could just hold the ceremony in your living room. And she's like, ah, <laughs> He's just so annoyed with her, and uh, I love the knitting for Norm table as well. (laughs) 
these old people just knitting the whole time. And uh, when Tim's just spending the entire award show saying she's winning everything, let's just leave. And then uh, Al's like, come on, you know, uh, let's not get down on ourselves. Look at the knitting for Norm Table. And he just cut to the shot of this old man knitting. It's like, you want to be like that guy? <laughs> um, this award show is great. And uh, the, the party stuff at home, uh, like when all the kids show up here and uh, there's this running gag about the ridiculous names for the bands. Uh, like the Mangled, I have the new Mangled Lizard CD. Ooh, the live album, Mangled in Moscow. And uh, later on when um, they're talking, Jill calls the house trying to check on them. And uh, Brad just blows off. Oh, yeah, they were just checking on my little brother's pus. And my little brother's pus, I love that band. And the way that uh, Wilson has that line later on is great too. But one of the funniest parts of this whole episode is uh, when Jill calls the house and Brad's like, everybody quiet. And they cut the music and everybody's quiet. And Brad's answering the phone. And all of a sudden, the one girl, Jason's girlfriend, runs across the room and says, Jason, stop tickling me. And Jill's like, what? What's going on? It's like, oh, that was me. What can I say? Jason, he's a tickler. <laughs> and then later on, when J- uh, Jill's saying it, it's like, something weird's going on. There was a lot of noise. Jason was tickling Brad. I just love this running gag about the uh, the tickling going on. Uh, but... Uh, eventually before, well, we got to have the acceptance speech separate, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, should we, yeah, let's just, let's just group it in here. Uh, so oh, tickling... come on. Save the... All right, go ahead. Let's cut it there. Um, even though we said J- Jason is his name. Yeah. Is annoying. I think this Irma is also equally annoying. I love Irma, but in an annoying way, yes, like, but I love Irma. What person goes on stage and is like, oh, this is number 13? <laughs> and it's like, oh, in my world, we call that a baker's dozen. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, my God. That's so – like, do you think, like, I don't know, like, Emmy award-winning actors and things go on stage and are like, ha-ha, number five. <laughs> like, no. Well, James Cameron did at the Oscars. All right, whatever. <laughs> One guy, but like, yeah, not the, not not. It's not a widely accepted loved thing. Like, no, this one's so annoying. And there, she's 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 going up for the lighting design awards. What sense does that make? <laughs> yeah, I love that they're giving out awards for best sound and best lighting, and Irma is accepting it. Like, is she holding her own boom mic while you know <laughs> shining her own spotlight on herself while hosting in front of a live studio audience? Yeah, she's doing a lot. <laughs> No wonder she deserves to win if she's doing all that. <laughs> what a real one woman show. <laughs> and why are there even people at her table? Mm-hmm. And where was the crew at the bar, too? Yeah. Well, I think they mentioned that in the episode, too. But that was the tool crew. What about the, the Irma crew? Yeah. They're at the bar, I guess. Oh. Uh, Ir- Irma's crew, they're, they're a bunch of drunks. That's well known in the home improvement world. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I was a little uneducated on the matter. There's a lot of alcoholism going around at the uh, the, the local channel 42 uh, cable access station. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what time slot they had to give up, whose show had to get given up for the, the <laughs> award ceremony. I think it was uh, the rerun of Knitting for Norm's Tora Tora It's Angora episode. Oh, okay, okay. So they miss anything. Good. Um, yeah, and the whole party stuff gets a little crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Like when JTT comes back and they just take all his candy, yeah, <laughs> and then just kick him out. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, I don't know if this is—I don't know when this was. Was this before or after the speech? 
Oh, which what is what Wilson before stuff? after? Like Oh, I think the Wilson stuff is after. Oh. Okay, then I'm jumping ahead. But I mean, so it was JTT before or after too? Uh, let's just say in the middle, <laughs> just for argument's sake. Colin, you're making it difficult. Just talk uh, about whatever you want to talk about. There's no format here. Uh, Jason stinks. Irma's <laughs> a hog. Um, like she's taking all the time, winning all the awards. Um, uh, I love the dialogue at the table when the the women like Heidi and Jill were like, "Did you see that special on this?" And it was just like, "What table are we at?" Yeah. And they're, like, just hyping up the other person. It was just so great. And then when they leave, like, Tim and Jill just about to leave, and they're like, tool time! What How does Heidi just... not have a date for this awards? Yeah, where's her, like, uh, husband, or what was he? Getting drunk with the sound guy at the bar. So. She does have a husband, and I, I don't, I think it's, like, a few seasons later on. But, like, are we to believe that she can't get a date for this? Yeah, Al will be the date. Yeah. Al can get a date. I'm sure Heidi could get a date for this thing. And what is Heidi there for? Is there going to be like the best intro award? Best uh, co-host or something? I don't know. Best Vanna White of cable <laughs> TV shows or whatever. Um, You talked about some of the stuff here, but we'll just cover the party with the Wilson scene here uh, where <laughs> – Brad realizes that uh, or there's a pumpkin head in the yard, which is like a great way to cover Wilson's face again, just the clever ways they would come up with this. And he goes out there and he's like, oh, I didn't think you'd be home. And uh, it just becomes Brad saying, you know, are you going to wrap me out? And uh, uh, I love that Wilson gives, I don't even remember what it was, but he gives one of his philosophical things. Well, like uh, one of the great thinkers would ever said, and it's supposed to be something about how, you know, he should not hide it from his parents that, you know, Brad's done this. And Brad's like, I'm thinking about one of the other great uh, thinkers uh, in uh, American times, Mr. Rogers, who said, won't you be my neighbor? And then Wilson, I love the way he goes, oh, mm-hmm, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's one of the other Wilson, like, Tim has the grunt, Wilson has a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he actually gets to Wilson here. I don't think there's really a resolution to it, because they just throw Randy out. And I just love how far they throw him. Like, it's got to be a good 10 feet that he gets thrown out of the house. And what's more impressive is it's done in one shot. You can tell it's Jonathan Taylor Thomas literally gets launched off the set and in one shot just picks up and, you know, walks back in the house. You but know that it was, like, some big burly crewman, not these, like, yeah. teenage boys or whatever. It was some huge, like, uh, it was one of John Cena-type six... bodybuilder just throwing yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas across the lot. Six foot four, 280 pounds of muscle, probably drunk. And yeah, just tossing Jonathan Taylor Thomas out there. <laughs> and that was probably GTT. That probably wasn't a stunt or anything. Well, it's one shot. I, 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 I was looking for that and thinking, oh, okay, is there going to be something where they show him getting up? Or maybe he falls behind a bush and then Jonathan Taylor Thomas pops up. But it's all one shot. You can see it is him and it is Jonathan Taylor Thomas gets up. Man does his own stunts. Wanted to yeah. keep fully paid. Uh, what would you be more likely to watch? Knitting with Norm's Tora Tora It's Angora or Cooking with Irma's Home for the Hollandaise? Oh, dude, that's funny. Hollandaise. I, that. <laughs> um, I think I'd rather catch uh, Wilson pumpkin carving. Yeah, Wilson the pumpkin cover. Um, so <laughs> the whole 
uh, finale of the episode here is that Tim's so upset that Irma's winning everything and everybody else has given up to this. Let's go get changed for the party, but it's going to look suspicious if we all go at the same time. So let's go in shifts. You know, uh, Al and Eileen, you go, and then Tim and Jill will go after that. And I don't know. Apparently, Heidi's not invited to this party either. Like, she, she's not allowed to bring a date. Uh, she's not invited to their costume party. Like she, she really is an outsider at this point. Uh, it's no wonder she quit the show later on. Uh, quit in the episode where they brought Pamela Anderson back. One of the best Heidi episodes of the set. But uh, <laughs> when they announce the final award for the best show, and just as Tim's walking out, they're like, tool time or whatever. And he's like, Al, Al, we won. And Al comes out in costume, which the sight of Richard Karn as a giant mouse with the nose and everything going up on stage to accept this award. Uh, and uh, what was it he says? He says something to Irma, like, like uh, who looks foolish now or something, something along those lines as he's going up in this mouse costume. It's just amazing. And I love that we had the Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy thing in the last episode. Here we have Al as a mouse and Eileen as a giant piece of cheese. <laughs> it's a great couple's costume. But uh, Al goes up there and we get all those great lines where he's accepting this award and uh, not even realizing what he's saying. And he's like, when I started this business, I was I might as well have been living in a hole in the wall. And it's like, but did I give up? Did I run away with my tail between my legs? <laughs> no. And Tim has to cut him off because of how stupid he's like. I just love that scene. It's like nobody can make a fool of themselves like Al because I think Richard Karn just plays it in a way where – it never comes across like he's aware he's making a fool of himself or that he would care that he did make a fool of himself. Um, Al in this costume is the highlight of the episode for me. I don't know about you. I would say uh, the cheese was a bit of a highlight too. <laughs> I loved when they, they were trying to kiss and like she was going to hit him and yeah. she's like, oh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Um, but I can't believe you forgot to talk about one of the funniest Will, uh, Wilson moments from the episode. When he was like, I believe it's uh, 37 and counting. Oh, yeah. And then... 39. <laughs> I was like, oh, 39. <laughs> and when they just get up. No, there was an even better one when uh, they were listening to... What was the, okay, it was the third band. They said there's the Mangled Lizards, My Little Brother's Puss. What was the third band? Uh, I'm going to find it in my notes here somewhere. The Bloated Jellyfish, yeah. And I love when they come out and Wilson's like... Uh, well, I'm, uh, lis- I would say I'm listening to the melodic styles of the bloated jellyfish, but I just don't get the height. I find them very derivative of my little brother's bus. So <laughs> <laughs> <That was> stupid. <laughs> That's so good. Um, do we want to talk about the last scene here, too? What's the last scene? Sure. Go well, for it. when Tim and Jill come home in the middle of the party, and... Uh, yeah, why why they come? They didn't even give a reason. They're just like, oh, we're home now. Yeah, because I I think she originally pitched it. We need to go home because there's something weird going on. Jason's tickling Brad. <laughs> uh, but then he says, let's go to the party. They got in the costumes for a reason. I, I'm sure it's said in the episode. I can't remember what it was though. But yeah, they do come home, and probably my runner-up for the best moment of the episode here is when Brad realizes that they're there and Jill stands there and she's wearing like a, a knight's uniform. Um, or she the knight or she's the, she's a dragon. Tim's the knight. So she's wearing like a full dragon uniform, like mask and everything. And she stands there as a dragon with her hands on her hips and you are in so much trouble. And then Tim's like, you could tell she's mad because of the look on her face. <laughs> uh, 
all the kids end up getting kicked out. Uh, what, did he, what did he call her? What was the term? I can't remember. I don't remember either. A dragon? No, he's like, oh, he gave her a turn, like, don't mess with something. And I forget what it was. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit this okay. next year. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, eventually they're lecturing Brad about everything and having all these kids over. And it was uh, Jason's idea. And Tim's like, no, 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 there was no way this is Jason's idea. Tool Time fan would not do this. And she's like, Tim, he's conning you. He's not a Tool Time fan. And this is that hilarious moment where Jason comes out of the closet and he goes, oh, we were just looking for the vacuum or whatever. And then Tim's like, Jason, I only have one thing to say to you. Are you or are you not a fan of Tool Time? <laughs> like, almost like this really whiny child. He's like, oh, I've never seen the show in my life. And this is what upsets him more than anything. Um, I'm just going to call back to uh, uh, another moment, uh, a Christmas episode, which I hope maybe we can cover this year when uh, Brad didn't want to go to like Mark's recital thing because he wanted to go skiing and he just wanted to stay at home and he was doing this like just to be rebellious I don't want I don't have to go to this I'm just going to stay at home and at the same time Tim had been talking the whole episode how there was like a 48 hour tool time marathon on and when they said fine Brad you stay at home but you go to your room I don't want you sneaking down to watch that tool time marathon it's just I love that Tim's in Tim's mind tool time is like this amazing show that everybody loves for the for most part most people don't even, like they're like Jason I don't even know what this show is uh if I'm going to have like one major reason why I don't love this episode is I get that like the story comes to a conclusion, but like really what was the point of it? And the final scene, you just have Brad raking the yard and I was looking for anything really to make a note of here other than the fact that Tim is eating his breakfast while clutching his award in his hand, but it just sort of like ends and there's not really a big laugh or anything in the final scene. This was, I don't know, maybe that was kind of your complaint about the last episode, but yeah, I just I don't love the way this episode just sort of ends with them talking about, you know, uh, uh, my parents said, one day I hope you have a kid just like you. And they have this conversation, but, like, neither of them are really saying that they were like this as a kid either. So it's kind of just an awkward end to the episode. I mean, there's so much good stuff in this episode. I'm willing to let it slide. Yeah, I did think that there was going to be more when they had that conversation, but it didn't seem to go anywhere. Um, yeah, I love when what's-his-face gets kicked out, and it's like, oh, are you or are you not a fan of Tool Time? <laughs> and the punishment of not watching Tool Time and everything is just great. Um, I love when they come in and the guy, the kid, that one kid's like, about the night, I forget what he said. And he's like, well, this dragon and I happen to own this castle or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just the, the dialogue. A lot of the lines are so, like, funny based on what, what's going on, like, Especially when they're in the Halloween costumes, and it's like, look at look at her face, and like this is my castle and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's great when they have those kinds of lines. And uh, what was, oh yeah, and then JTT's like, I may or not may not. I'm not going to rat out my brother, but he may or may not be the one over there with the cigarette butts and the the beer cans. Yeah, and it's just like classic brother. Like not saying it, but he's completely just called him out, and and it was great. And I love, I did like the moment with Tim in the next morning when he's like holding the award, and we're like, haha, funny. And then Jill's like, you haven't let go of it since the shower. And then she's like, can we not sleep with it tonight or something like that? <laughs> it was just so funny, but it, like it, we get it. It was it was a good it's a good joke. Um, 
Yeah, I do agree about the like ending. It should have probably ended a better way, but I still, I still love this episode. It's still fun. It's still great. Not enough Wilson, I'd say. It's funny because Wilson really only has the one scene in every episode. Um, but I think this one, it's because maybe Tim's not in it. It's not as long of a scene. There's not much you can do with Brad. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's not like he has a major part in any episode. But it's just it's it's so small here because he's just the guy in the pumpkin head. And even that scene doesn't really have a conclusion to it. He's just like, oh, interesting point. And then Randy just gets thrown out there. Um, one other thing uh, I wanted to mention was just the awkward maybe because it's like 15 year old Brad's supposed to be like endlessly making out with his girl but it's very clear that they basically just have their cheeks pressed up against each other and it kind of looks like he's just licking her ear the whole time it's just one of these things that looks really awkward Uh, what are you going to do with this one are you going to buy it rent it or bin it I did tease that I was a fan of this one more than the last one um yeah, I think I'm going to buy it. I think I liked it. I really did like it. I think the award ceremony was a really big part of it. So I and I think that was the funniest bit. So uh and I'm going to do the reverse. I'm going to rent this one. Uh I think when I was going through picking these episodes of this one, I remembered so much about this award show stuff and I was kind of surprised when I'm like, "Oh wait, this was the one with Brad's party too because it's I just don't feel like that story really clicked at all, but uh is this the greatest halloween episode no but is the the award banquet stuff and al's acceptance speech one of the greatest things ever yes so uh, i'm not going to fault you for buying anything home improvement because uh i have bought everything home improvement but i'm going to rent this one that's my decision would you buy with extra bonus content behind the scenes footage (laughs) if they ever had that the the home improvement box sets are literally just bare bones episodes which is kind of disappointing um can we also uh, uh, do a costume, like, which our favorite costume of the two episodes were? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go for it. So your favorite costume, uh, are we going to do both episodes combined or one from each? Um, let's do one from each because I kind of have one from each. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously the second one is going to be Al as the mouse. That's my choice. Uh, the first one, ooh, um... I'm almost tempted to say Curtis is the Adam, <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going to go with Jill as the carrot just because of how many great jokes they got out of it. Okay, well, um, I was going to go with Jill as a carrot for the first one because I just nice. loved it. It was so re- <laughs> I loved the bit. We didn't talk about it, but when she's like, get me out of this suit, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. She's like... Jaking the like leaves at the top and hitting Tim in the face with them <laughs> when he's trying to help and she's he can't see it was that's great and then um I love the cheese like Al's gray <laughs> as a mouse but I just love the cheese block and cheese just running down the hallway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Do we have a secondary one? Do we have? Let's do a worst costume. Can we at least go with worst? Is going to be. I'm. I'm hoping you're going to agree with me here. Please, Brad is Raggedy Andy is the worst costume. Uh, I was going to say uh, the girl is the the biker, whatever it was supposed to be, because she took it off halfway through the episode. You know what? I'm going to go with another one here. When when there's just the random party guests that show up, and there's the girl dresses the bunny. Like, you're a 13-year-old girl. What are you doing dressed in a bunny suit? It's not even like, you know, a teenage, like, 
like you'll get a teenager trying to dress like here i'm a sexy bunny this is like a full-fledged like a christmas story pink bunny suit head to toe the only thing that really saves that is tim that's like hey i don't like the way you're looking at mrs carrot over there that was a fun moment but like that it just it looks stupid having a 13 year old girl dressed in what looks like a costume for a three-year-old that's just my opinion you could tell that it was probably like what do like uh, this, these old men in like a, a board meeting talking about this storyboarding the episode and they're yeah. like, what do what do little girls around thirteen to ten to thirteen <laughs> like to dresses for Halloween? I think they like bunnies, don't they, Steve? And it's just like so stupid. Like and they have and, no, they're so out of touch and everything. And let's tie that back to Bill and Ted's bogus journey, giant bunny and giant uh, killer grandmother. That episode had it all. I, I honestly blacked out the movie, so I actually don't even know what you're <laughs> referencing anymore. We will be covering it at the end of this month again. Hooray. Uh, oh, listen, we're not covering that. <laughs> Let, we're doing the craft before that. No, never. Uh, we do have one more week left of this, though. So uh, before hey. we pitch to the end of uh, what's uh, on next week's episode, any other things you want to say on Home Improvement? Uh Anything particular you want to cover? Would you be willing to do this for a Christmas one? Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. I'd, I'd do them. I'd do all, any episode. Uh, I'm so excited to do the Christmas one because like, I think the Halloween episodes are great. The Christmas ones are just unbeatable. Um, <laughs> I've had years of practice. Um, I kind of have to... Hell. <laughs> I have to... I have to wrap it up here, not just saying you know how this is my favorite childhood show, but even go into uh, whether it's sad or not, my childhood and how, how much this show raised me to, it almost sounds sad when I say it this way, uh, because it makes me sound like one of these desperate children who are raised by television, which isn't the case, but you know, my dad died when I was eight, and uh, my mom had a couple of, hus- a couple of husbands after that, <laughs> none of which really were the type of guys you would... I don't know, learn anything from or hang out with or have fun with or anything. So this show, one of the reasons why I think this show is so important to me was because uh, at the time I was a kid, I was like the same age as like the kids on this show. And Tim Allen kind of being the father figure, so much of the show was about him raising boys to be boys. And I had like no male figure. And as cheesy as it sounds, like Tim Taylor became my male role model. And that's not even a bad because obviously he is klutzy, he is a buffoon, but that's why I think of that first episode, like the conversation he has with Brad, even though it kind of backfires. I love stuff like that because there are a lot of things that I wouldn't have understood about, uh, you know, how men and women are different. But even just little things like the show, the whole premise of the show is really just about embracing being a man, not embracing being a douchey, uh, overly masculine guy, but just embracing, you know, just whatever makes a guy a guy i have no interest in cars uh i don't even drive the car i have i have a license i drive it if i have to but most of the time i'll choose to walk an hour and a half as opposed to driving i have no interest in tools uh but this show still taught me a lot so sentimental moment to end off on tim allen you were my father figure growing up this is where yeah you tears <laughs> Uh, and this is where Rossi says, <laughs> Al Borlin, you were my father figure growing up. Uh, JTT, you were my <laughs> childhood brother growing up. How about yes. that? Wilson, you were my childhood neighbor growing up. 
Hardy ho. <laughs> that was Kermit the Frog too. <laughs> Heidi ho, Kermit the Frog. Well, that is that's probably why. It's like, whoa, Heidi ho, Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> Anyways, end my misery, please. <laughs> what are we covering next week? We got one week left of this uh, as we're getting into Halloween. As of next week, What's can you the last believe one? it? We are finally getting to it. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this for so long. Uh, the coveted movie, The Craft. No, never. <laughs> no, we're going to be watching Hocus Pocus with all the behind-the-scenes bonus content <laughs> that you can ever imagine. I cannot wait to get into all the details about it. I'm going to be here. Colin's going to be here. And your favorite host, Jamie's going to be here. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. She, Jamie's going to be here. Casper's probably going to be crying in the background. <laughs> it's going to be great. We're going to have a party. No Ben. We're going to have so much fun. Maybe Jared. We have confirmation oh, on that yet? Uh, no confirmation, but I will let him know as right now. All right. <laughs> Maybe Jared. This will be a full house for Hocus Pocus. Everybody's going to be a fan except for me. And again, I think I mentioned in the last episode, It's with Hocus Pocus, it's more just I don't think I ever watched it start to finish and maybe my opinion will be completely changed on this who knows but uh not what i'm looking forward to but it's it's appropriate this is also anniversary and we should also update people anniversary month is on hold until ben has actually officially moved and is not on the road as it is we're going to be recording uh, a review of first man the neil armstrong biopic that just came out oh, as classic. ben it's well waiting hear the episode um the other thing that i think other than home improvement i love growing up was anything to do with nasa and history so i'm excited to talk about it uh but just to show you how busy ben is and this this is why we don't have uh anniversary month uh episodes finishing up right now we're probably gonna have to get back to that in november because we're gonna be recording our review of first man as ben's riding a ferry uh so (laughs) you're gonna hear lots of soothing ocean noises in the background or whatever it is white noise in the background yeah making his way across new zealand there's gonna be lots of sheep and lots of water noises um but we will have that coming up and also we can officially say now because this will be starting uh well at the time of recording this in approximately 10 minutes uh but the time that you hear this episode approximately 16 days uh, as Lost is on hold right now because, again, Ben is moving and Noah is too busy to record anything. Uh, the Lost episodes on Monday uh, are on hiatus for a while, so Rossi and I are going to do something to fill the gap. We're bringing back the random recaps, and Woo-hoo! we can tell you right now, the, the first I won't tell you what the first episode is going to be right now. We're going to save it as a surprise. All I'm going to say is it is the greatest Canadian TV show of all time, which if you are not Canadian... You have anything like you, Canada? You, the second greatest Canadian TV show of all time. Uh, a Canadian TV show so great that the host of The Amazing Race Canada made sure to cameo in the movie version. Uh, but we, if you're Canadian, you already know what I'm talking about. If you're not Canadian, uh, stay tuned and definitely check out the show. It's but, Lost. Uh, More episodes coming. <laughs> lost the Canadian version. Lost in Manitoba. Uh, <laughs> or Lost but, in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan <laughs> or whatever. Oh, shit. No, it is. No, it is Saskatchewan. It's just that's the joke because of that Adam Sandler movie. Everybody calls it Saskatchewan now. So you had it right the first time. Oh, okay. Jeez. Congratulations. All right. Anyways, Can we get out of here. We will get out of here. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> not goodbye yet because guess how we're ending this episode. My name is Colin and. Uh, 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 and my name. 
It's Kermit the Frog. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.